Let's get it, boy. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to this week's episode of Outside the Arena with Mac and Griff. I'm Griffin Senek, joined by my co-host, Mac Rommel, as usual. And this week, uh, not a busy week, to be honest, in sports. After the draft cooled down, um, you know, it's kind of been a slow week in terms of what's going on. But um, we do have some baseball we're going to touch on. It's been a hectic first month around the MLB. Four no-hitters. Wade Miley threw one last night. Sean Manaya took another one into the seventh last night. So uh, no-hitters just keep falling. It's been pretty crazy. But we're going to touch on a few things on the MLB season, maybe some potential trade candidates looking pretty you know far in the future but still we'll talk about it and also we're going to do some fantasy football never too early to start talking about fantasy football but um we'll get into that we'll probably uh continuously keep doing more fantasy stuff we'll also continue to work on getting guests the big guests we had still working on it it's it's been a little iffy um hard to contact but um eventually i i do promise that we'll get him on and um yeah, from there, uh, we'll uh, we'll jump right in. So, Mac, um, what in terms do you want to talk about? We'll start with the MLB. What do you want to touch on first? I guess we could talk about some of our MLB surprise. I guess I could start off with that, some surprise from the MLB season. And the first thing I guess I could talk about is the New York teams, both the Mets and the Yankees, the two teams that were expected to be potential World Series contenders and even winners, uh, both have had very slow starts for the Yankees. They are fourth in the A, well, in their division or whatever, the conference, whatever it is, at 16. AL East. AL East, 16-16, and their batting, uh, it hasn't been the best. They haven't even gotten the tri- a triple yet. They're the only team in the league uh, not to do so. They're 22nd in runs, 21st in hits, 22nd in RBIs, 24th in batting average. This team is a team that came in. We thought offense kind of would have been their powerhouse with Aaron Judge, Giancarlo Stan, all those guys. And it's started off this year, and it's been the complete opposite. Pitching has still needed some help as well. Uh, but then for the Mets, uh, we came into the season thinking that they were going to be an offensive powerhouse as well. Um, of course, they have Jacob deGrom uh, on over there for pitching, but they looked like they can put up that World Series fight, but offensive expectations have not been there. After that loss to the Cardinals, uh, they parted ways with their hitting coaches, Chili Davis and Tom Slater, um, who have been there now for a few seasons, but this season it has not panned out. Uh, They obviously went out and they got Lindor uh, this offseason in that trade, and he has not seen a payoff. The team has not seen a payoff with him hitting yet this season. Uh, He's hitting 175 and is on pace for career low in home runs even after that 60 game uh, season just last year so Mets Yankees both teams are struggling offensively looking to pick things up and I don't have any doubts in my mind that these teams uh, could pick things up future uh, later on in this season and then lastly San Francisco Giants off to that hot start Uh, this is a team that's been a boomer bust team for a very long time now they have the world world series appearances and championships uh, or they have those bad seasons in this season it's looking like it could be one of those world series seasons once again uh they're sitting there right now at 19 and 13 uh their starting pitching has been very good with kevin gosman leading the way and what's really establishing them on offense are those seasoned veterans who are hitting very well you have buster posey evan longoria and donovan solano who are playing very well offensively uh this is kind of the opposite of what many teams are thinking you got to go young if you want to win and the giants are doing the complete opposite this season they're booming right now both good surprises. I do want to touch on the Mets. I mean, I'll touch on them. Um, 
very slow start offensively. The pitching has been great. The rotation, um, you know, you look at their th- main three guys right now. DeGrom has been spectacular. He obviously missed the last start due to some lat, lat tightness or whatnot. He'll be back this Sunday, I believe. Um, Stroman's been great. Taiwan Walker's been great. The back end with, like, Lucchesi, Peterson have, have had their ups and downs. But the bullpen has really been a pleasant surprise for, for the New York Mets. I mean, Aaron Loop, yet to give up a run. He's been great. Familia looks good. Castro looks good. Um, Trevor May looks good after that rough first first game. Um, Diaz looks good. He had that weird game in Philly, but that was a weird game. I mean, the team's kind of, you know, the, the offense will come. We saw Lindor go deep last night. Um, you know, he had like an altercation with McNeil. They said it was Rat Raccoon. I mean, the team's, we've had like a fake hitting coach. We've had a, a, a fist fight essentially in the tunnel. I mean, this team is, it, it's the New York Mets for you. Um, never a dull moment with this ball club. Um, so, you know, I expect them to turn it up with the hitting. That's not a, a problem per se, just the pitching. If they can keep that consistent, they obviously, a lot of, a lot of guys injured right now for them. Um, so just get healthy and, 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 you know, I really expect this team to do well. Surprise for me so far this year has been the Boston Red Sox. Boston Red Sox coming in really weren't viewed too highly. And right now they're sitting 20 and 13 in the AL East, top of the division. And I mean, it makes sense. It, it was just the pitching that really was their Achilles heel for these, this past year or, or so. And, and it's gotten going. They brought in good veteran options. Nick Pavetta, Garrett Richards, some names to, uh, that come to mind. Chris Sale obviously will work his way back eventually from Tommy John. But the bats are there. I mean, you look at this lineup. They've got Xander Bogart, Shady Martinez. Um, Alex Verdugo has been great. Um, you know, this team really has a great lineup. They've got a ton of other guys. Vasquez, the catcher. And their bullpen's been solid for them this year, too. So that's a team that, you know, coming in, it was pitching was going to probably decide their fate. Everyone knew the bats would be there, and the pitching's been great. So if they can keep that up, I mean, the Yanks, uh, your Yanks over there, it's going to be a tough division for them. you got a good Blue Jays team, a good Rays team, and a good Red Sox team. I mean, right now, the Yanks do not want to be, you know, in the fourth spot in that division right now, just because if it is competitive, you want every advantage you can get. Another surprise is an individual surprise. Byron Buxton, this guy has been going off uh, on the 10-day IL, unfortunately. So hopefully that doesn't cool his momentum. But this guy has been one of the best defensive players in the league for years. One of the fastest guys. Health has been kind of a problem, but he's got the bat going. This is why he went number one overall back in – or number two overall back in 2012. It's just if he could put the tools together, this kid would be one of the best. And he finally has. He's in 370 with nine home runs. 34 hits and 92 at bats already has a 2.7 war, which is, you know, mind blowing guys have, you know, six war seasons and it's good. He had a 2.7 war month. So this guy is, you know, leading the twins right now twins in the AL central, which, you know, on paper looks like the worst division in baseball probably is Cleveland's winning that right now with good pitching. Cleveland's got great pitching. Their bats have been cool, but uh, they got no hit last night, obviously, but the pitching has been good. Byron bucks in that guy, potential star in the making. Should I say, I mean, he's been, had the potential for years now, but it's good to see a guy who went so high. It seemed like he was a bust finally putting it together. Um, so good for Byron Bucks and good for the Minnesota twins. And a final uh, surprise for me, at least. Um, oh, wait, I don't even know what I was going to say. I'm trying to think what I was going to say. And then it just went right out the door. Um, so, yeah, I guess that's kind of all I've got. Um, to say, I like your point about the San Francisco Giants. Um, yeah, show. Oh, there it is. The Angels. Angels wow. have had a slow start. The fact that they're last in the division has been a little surprising. Otani's been, you know, superstar of the world right now. They released Albert Pujols, which was a, a bit of a shocker. Um, sad to see that happen. But um, 
that team is just I, you got to feel for Mike Trout. He's been unconsciously good this year, and um, his team just can't put it together. So Los Angeles Angels got to figure something out. So and with that, that's a good transition to some trade talks. Um, obviously, it's still very early in the season, but it's never too early to talk about a few guys and a few guys that were rumored to be in deals last year. We're going to touch on three guys: Chris Bryant, Trevor Story, and Sonny Gray. So Mac, I'm going to start with you. Pick any of them and uh, give us where you got them going in the future or near future. Who knows? Let's start off with Chris Bryant, and uh, I'm going to start off with him because he'll help out your team in the New York Mets. We're sending him to New York to help out these Mets who are desperately trying to get to that World Series this season. For years now, the Mets have needed a third baseman, and post-David Wright, the the David Wright retirement, they focused on offense a little bit more than defense, although they've added Lindor, uh, obviously, there at shortstop. J.D. Davis has been good on offense, but he's really been kind of a liability at times uh, on defense playing third base. If you add Bryant to this team, uh, he would be a high price for rental, but he would be a big, big addition to a team that is hoping to win a World Series uh, just this year even. Yeah, I, I, I have to agree with you. I mean, this is a guy who I actually ran into in Disneyland, literally. Oh, wow. He was taking a picture he was Rabbit. taking a picture of his wife, and I literally bumped into him, and and I didn't say anything, but I was like, "Oh my God, it's Chris Bryant." Uh, so that's a cool story. But should have um, hopped in the picture. I, I should have, but I I didn't want to disturb him. He had like five guards around him too, so I just like walked in and ran into him, and it was like, "That's Chris Bryant." Um, yeah, but I, I agree. I think Chris Bryant to the Mets is is kind of a, a match made in heaven. I mean, you look at his start: nine home runs, three and six batting average. This is what you needed to see from him and an MVP side of him. That MVP side obviously was the MVP back in 2016, but this kid has the talent. Everyone knows it's there, but he's just had a down year the past year. I mean, the year before he had 31 homers with the 282 batting average. And last year just was a bad year, a bad year for a lot of people. And he's proven that that was a fluke. It's obviously going to be an expensive rental, but I think at the New York Mets do give JD Davis maybe some young pitching or, or whatnot to the Cubs. I mean, obviously Mets pitching prospects, Matt Allen, just went down. That was tough to see their third ranked prospect. He's going to have Tommy John. So hate to see that, but Chris Bryan, I, I do think it's a good fit for the New York Mets. Um, and I'd love to see them work on a deal. I think, I mean, you put Bryant in that infield with Lindor, McNeil and Alonzo. I think that's the best infield in baseball. Um, and I mean, that lineup would be just unconscious too, but you know, he's a good, good glove in the field. And uh, I mean, they do have good depth and that's with Guillaume and Jonathan VR there, but Chris Bryant would just, would, it would be huge for the Mets. I, I'd love to see Chris Bryan in uh, in in blue and orange. Let's just say. Yep, I doubt we're going to agree on these next two, but at least we agreed on one. Like it was our NFL free agent predictions. Uh, one, yeah. One again, but uh, next up, let's go and let's do Trevor Story. I have him going to the Reds. Uh, Trevor Story is an elite shortstop who had a slow start to the season, but he is still an elite player uh, based on his previous few seasons. I have no uh, doubt in my mind that he can't pick it back up and get back to that level. The Reds, they have a need at shortstop, and they need to find something that could separate themselves from the other teams in the NL Central. They do have that money to afford story, but it's really just a question right now. Do you want to play about $17.5 million uh, to story as a rental for the season? I'm going to go with the team that I think needs to make a, uh, a big move and one that should trade for this player and that's been looking to trade for this player. I'm going to keep them in the division. The San Francisco Giants, a team that seems to have been looking to make a big splash for years now. I think this would be a great move. Now, would the Rockies trade them in the division? I'm not too sure, but the Giants right now, first place in the division, like you said, 
they've got kind of a weird lineup. I mean, they got Mike Yastrzemski, Donovan Solano. They've got kind of these weird guys. Their pitching's been good. But they need that superstar player, and I think Trevor Story would do that. They obviously have Brandon Crawford, member of those World Series teams, but he's aging. He's not really, you know, the guy you need at shortstop anymore. Trevor Story would do that. He would give you your star player that you've been looking for for years. They've been trying to, you know, they obviously tried to get Mookie Betts and whatnot in the trade, and, and they were aggressive in, in other cases, too, with other guys. I think Trevor Story is a perfect fit there. Um, it fills a position of need. You upgrade your defense, um, you know, instantly. You upgrade the lineup instantly, and, you know, you keep Trevor Story in the division. Um, you'd have to give a lot, but this team does have a good farm system. They have a good young catcher. Um, I believe Joey Bart's his name. I don't know if they'll get rid of him. Um, or whatnot, but um, I don't know. I like the fit to the Giants, Trevor Story, San Francisco. It's, I think it's a good match. All right, and lastly, Sonny Gray. I have him going to the Phillies. He's one of the better starting pitchers in the league, and the Phillies are a team that could make a nice playoff push and even a run, especially if you add Gray. Uh, they're starting pitching a struggle at times throughout the beginning of the season. In the back end of that rotation, the front end is pretty good right now. But you add some depth and you add some players that can improve that back end and have some pitchers that can fill a need and play better ball in those later innings. That would be great for the Phillies if they want to make that run in the playoffs. Two for three is not bad. I also have some yeah. great going to the Philadelphia Phillies. I think there's a lot of good spots for them. I think the Atlanta Braves would be a good option. Their pitching has been a little weak. Um, the Giants could use some pitching at the end of the day if they want to really compete too. Um, a lot of good teams out there. The Angels are another one. Um, oh, wait, I had him going to the Angels. I'm an idiot. <laughs> Come on, no. Come on. Gray. Sonny Gray, I have going to the Los Angeles Angels. Sorry about that. Red team got confused. Sonny Gray, I think for me, the Angels or the Phillies are the two teams. I like your point about Philly. They do need that back end pitching up, but this Angels team just needs to – they need to get over the hump in this division right now. I mean, you look at the Mariners, the Rangers. I don't expect those teams to be good long-term. The A's are playing good. They always seem to be good. And the Astros are, you know, uh, they've got good players on the field. But this 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 Angels team has got to get it going. And they need pitching. And they need Sonny Gray. He would just be a good piece for them. Sonny Gray, he's not an ace. They don't need an ace, per se. They have good pieces in, in Bundy. Otani's been good this year. Those two guys are are good. But adding Sonny Gray for depth in that rotation is, is perfect. Um, you know, he's a guy right now who has like a 390 array. He'll have it lower than that. I mean, this guy's an all-star. He knows what he's doing out there. It's not going to be the most expensive trade in the world for them, but they need this trade for depth. They just need to, you know, to get more, you know, they need, you know, better rotation help. Um, this team really, you know, struck out in my eyes in the offseason in, in terms of the starting rotation mark. I mean, I'm looking right now at a guy in, in Taiwan Walker on the New York Mets who they got for $10 million. And he's pitching like a 2-6 ERA. Where were the Angels on that guy? I don't know why that guy just fell all of a sudden to the Mets. I'm so glad it happened. But this guy was great this – you know, he's great the past year. And, and those are the kind of moves that, you know, the Angels need to be on, in on. And I think they just need to commit to the starting rotation, which right now it's abysmal. And, and they got to get going. Because Mike Trout, I mean, this guy is just being wasted. And it, it is embarrassing and sadding to see. It's like LeBron didn't make that playoffs ever. I mean, it's crazy. Guys made the playoffs once, and he's the best baseball player, one of the best baseball players of all time. Yep, Angels. Let's help out Mike Trout a little bit. Come on now. But I guess with that, that'll do it for our MLB session. We gave you some of our uh, surprises, some of our early trade predictions, and now we have our fantasy football outlook. Uh, we have basically 10 players, each position, quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight end, defense, and kicker. We're going to give our top 10 at those positions as of now. May 9th, when you guys see this, 2021. 
getting ready for this NFL season. And I guess I'll start first. If I could share the screen, though. <laughs> uh, no, but, you cannot share the screen. All right, I guess we're just going to skip it. But <laughs> All right, let's do it. Fantasy Outlook 2021. And let's get right into it. We're going to start off with my quarterbacks. My quarterback rankings at number one. We got Patrick Mahomes. See the picture there. He's obviously my number one. You have an offense that good. Tyreek Hill. You have Clyde Edwards-Alaire, who I think is going to make a big step in the passing game this season. I think this offense is just set. You got Travis Kelsey. Your offensive line is much improved. Pat Mahomes is going to have much more time, unlike he did in that Super Bowl. And I think he's going to retain and remain as that number one quarterback in fantasy football for who knows how many years I, I think it's going to be. I think he's going to be up there for a while now at that number one position. Number two, Josh Allen, Stefan Diggs. This offense is high-powered. They go through the air. Josh Allen, every year he's improving on his accuracy. Over three years, his accuracy percentage or his completion percentage went up over 15% uh, over his career. And I think that's just going to keep on going up or remain at that same high level of around 75%, which it was this year. Third, Dak Prescott. He, he's coming off that injury, but a guy that's always going to be regarded as one of those top quarterbacks in fantasy football with the opponent offense. If the offensive line stays healthy and your receivers most of the time are going to be staying healthy, Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup, CeeDee Lamb, these are guys that are going to make some plays for you after the catch with their catches. It's just an all-around great offense that Dak Prescott will be able to succeed in. And fourth, this is where we're going to start getting into some players where it can kind of go either way. I'm going to put Lamar Jackson. You added Rashad Bateman in this off offense. That already had Marquise Brown, who I think is going to be better suited as a number two to Rashad Bateman. We're going to have to see how that competition works out this year. You have running backs with J.K. Dobbins, who would go out there, catch the ball, and make plays after the catch. But why I'm putting him at this number four spot is because of his legs, of course. A lot of these quarterbacks who do good in fantasy football if they're not one of those elite quarterbacks they're guys who could run the ball Lamar Jackson is easily the best uh running quarterback in the NFL I'm keeping him at four I'm going to keep it that way uh him in the top five for probably who knows how long for now but number five this is where I think the first real surprise is going to be I don't think people are going to have Justin Herbert rated this high but I love him I love what he could do in this offense you add Rashawn Slater Austin Eckler is going to be healthy this year fingers crossed and I think just the development of Justin Herbert is going to keep progressing rookie quarterbacks you put up you I should I should word this differently all these quarterbacks that have tended to lead the league or set a new record in the NFL he set in touchdowns for rookie quarterback they always progress into great quarterbacks and great fantasy quarterbacks. We saw with Dak Prescott, he was one of the better uh, young and rookie quarterbacks to come to this league. Ben Roethlisberger. I have to, I have to say Dak Prescott. had to bring up Dak Prescott. <laughs> I, mean, I guess you couldn't I'm, resist. I couldn't resist. I'm going to keep on saying it. But Justin Herbert, all these rookie quarterbacks who put up great numbers, they always progress and take that really big leap that second year. Justin Herbert's going to do that. Keenan Allen, one of the best receivers in the league. He's going to help out. Uh, you lost your tight end. But they added someone in the draft. Um, who they add? They filled that need of tight end in the draft. I, I don't know why I can't recall it if you want to look it up. But they added a tight end. Chargers? Yeah, the Chargers. They added a tight end. I got you. But I don't remember who it was. But Justin Herbert, I think he's take that. Trey McKitty. Trey McKitty. One of the, uh, he was the top five tight end in this draft. So hopefully he'll be, he'll be able to come in and produce for you guys on offense. Number six. 
Kyler Murray, another guy that can get it done with his legs. All these guys that can get it done with their legs are going to be in this top 10 for me. You're going to have DeAndre Hopkins, a lot of guys on offense that can just make plays, offensive line. You hope it will improve this year, and I think it will. Uh, but number seven, Russell Wilson, another guy that can get it done on, on his legs, with his legs, I should say. DK Met- Metcalf, Ty, uh, Ty, why am I? Uh, I'm going, why am I freaking blanking on names today? Uh, Tyler Lockett, um, and Tyler Lockett. <laughs> Dwayne Eskridge in the draft with one of those three picks that you guys had. So you better be happy and hope he pans out. But you're just adding more guys to his offense that can make plays. Offensive line still remains a need, but I think that Russell Wilson has the ability to get out the pocket and make plays with his legs, and he will be a big time quarterback in fantasy this year number eight a guy that i really wanted to put in that top five aaron Rodgers. i'm just putting him at eight just because of that uncertainty uh he has the arm and obviously last year he balled out with Devontae adams especially aaron jones became a better pass catcher in this league and uh, that's where we saw a lot of the points come from for aaron Rodgers. but because of that question mark we don't know where he's going to play is he going to remain with the packers or what's going to happen really we don't know it's just it's just a question mark for me. A guy that has all that in, in easily top five, top three quarterback potential. I want to stick him at eight because if he stays with the, with the Packers, I'm not sure if he'll be playing. If he moves on, we're going to have to see what kind of talent is put around him. But I think eight is a solid spot for him, a nice in-between there uh, to see – uh, well, to stick him there while we wait to see where he goes next year and what he does next year. Number nine, Tom Brady. We know the offense he has. You're gonna have Gronk. You're gonna have. You're gonna have. Um, oh my gosh, OJ Howard back. You're gonna have Mike Evans. You're gonna have. You're gonna have Chris Godwin. All these guys are gonna go out and make plays. It's obviously uh, and arguably the best offense in the NFC or even the NFL. And Tom Brady is gonna put up points once again like he did last year. It's just gonna be uh, whether if whether or not if they're gonna use the running game some more. Uh, in games this season uh, or whatever it's going to be. I don't know why that just made no sense coming out of my mouth, but I, I, I had it said right. A lot of these things I'm saying, I have it right in my head, just comes out a complete wrong way. But number 10, last quarterback <laughs> of this ranking is Joe Burrow. You needed to get him protection this draft. You didn't do it, but I think he's a guy that's going to recover from that leg injury and come back even stronger. You had Jamar Chase. Well, you add Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, who was looking to be a great rookie receiver last year. Joe Mixon, I hope, and I think he will become a great asset in this offense. I think Joe Burrow has all the talent around him to make plays. It's just going to be, could he avoid sacks? Could he avoid that pressure that's going to be coming at him from opposing defenses? And I think that second year, all that studying, just knowing what he'll have to do to avoid um pressure and taking sacks uh i think that'll come and it will show that his knowledge just went up greatly his intelligence got much better because of that injury a lot of tape washing a lot of things like that and i think joe burrow they added the talent around him uh to become a top 10 quarterback in fantasy football this year all right that was pretty bad for um of my speaking my speaker was pretty bad on that but let's go to my running rankings instead and hope that and hope that this is better number one it's Derrick Henry. I know a lot of people are probably going to have Christian McCaffrey. I'll get to him in a little bit. But Derrick Henry, a guy in a 17-game season, imagine what, number he's, he's, what numbers he will put up this season. I mean, I would not be surprised at all if he breaks the rushing record uh, this season with the 17 games. Uh, he's a guy last year that put up over 2,000 yards. He was one of the leading um, fantasy points. He, he led the league in fantasy points at the running back position out of most positions aside from quarterback. A guy – 
Dett just makes plays. He gets the ball in an offense that you lose Corey Davis. The offense is obviously going to be run through Derrick Henry more than it ever was last year. You're not going to pass the balls much, and I think that will also elevate um, the ranking or the position of um, A.J. Brown in many people's rankings. So Derrick Henry, a guy that I think is going to be very productive this year and has the potential to break the all-time rushing record. Number two, Dalvin Cook, a guy that has always been the top back or for most of the most of the time throughout his career has been a top back when he is on the field. That's the question when he's on the field, he's not always on the field. He misses games here and there. And that's why I have him at two behind Derek Henry, but you had Christian Darisaw, one of the steals of the draft who fall, who fell all the way past 20 to the team. He's going to be a great help and a big help in this offense, helping out the passing game to protect her cousins, but most importantly, protecting Dalvin cook. You don't want to get this guy injured. He's a guy that can not only lead your team to the fantasy football championship, but he could lead the Vikings to the playoffs if they do so. Alvin Kamara at three, you lose Drew Brees, and this guy is probably your best player on offense. Uh, well, he is your best player on offense. I, I'm not giving it to Slant Boy right now, but Alvin Kamara, uh, a guy that can get done in the passing game and in the run game. Last year, the only questions were, uh, what's he going to get those 15 carries? That's something we kept on talking about. If they got, if he got 15 yeah. carries. He would win the game. He would always put up over 100 yards. But if not, that's kind of when we saw the downfall of the Saints team and his fantasy performances as a whole. But I think with Drew Brees gone, there's no doubt in my mind that this guy's going to get at least 20 carries per game this season. Alvin Kamara is going to be a big part of many people's fantasy teams this year. Number four, Christian McCaffrey. Uh, this ranking for him, it's not because of the talent at all. It's not because of that injury. I think it's just because of the amount of talent that they have on this team and this offense right now. You have DJ Moore. You have Robbie Anderson. You add Terrence Marshall. This team – Oh, and Sam Darnold, of course. This team is obviously a team that's looking to try and get that pass game established. And I know he is a big part of the team's pass game. But with all those weapons, you're adding Sam Darnold. I think they're going to try and focus a little bit more on the pass and protect Christian McCaffrey and his injury from last year uh, instead of running that ball as much as they did two seasons ago when he was obviously the best running back in the league and in fantasy. At number five, I'm going to put Saquon. Barkley, a guy who's coming off an injury. And this guy, he has the talent to be a top two or even the best running back in the league. And that really stung me. Uh, it's stung to say that as a Cowboys fan, but your offensive line, it still needs some help. You had Andrew Thomas, who was a promising rookie last year. But once again, it's kind of looking like they're trying to um, evolve and develop that pass game and hope Daniel Jones could show some signs this season. As I've said multiple times, and I think Griffin agrees with me, if Daniel Jones doesn't play great this season, I don't think he's going to be the quarterback for the Giants next year. And uh, adding Kenny Galladay, adding Kadarius Toney, they're just trying to get this pass game evolved, and I think that's what they're going to try and focus on this year. Saquon Barkley, I think they're going to want to limit him because of the injury history he's starting to have. Um, so Saquon Barkley is going to be my fifth running back. If he doesn't show any signs of wear and tear, I think he has the potential to be that one or two back this season. Number six, Ezekiel. Elliott, a uh, guy that's kind of the middle of the pack for everyone. You don't know whether you love him or you hate him, and that's why I'm putting him at, him at six. He had his fumbling problems last year, and we saw he struggled a lot once Dak was gone. But I was just doing a little research yesterday, just having fun messing around on the fantasy app, and I was looking at his stats. This guy had, I believe it was three or four games of 20-plus points in those first five games when Dak Prescott was playing, a guy that got the ball – in the red zone, he got the touches. He may not have got the yards, but he was getting those touchdowns and putting up points for the Cowboys. Um, 
when Dak was there, the number dipped once he was gone. But I think with Dak back, Ezekiel Elliott is going to be heavily relied on on this offense. The box won't be stacked against him like it was last year when he was gone. I think that's going to allow him to create and get more points this season. Number seven, Aaron Jones, a guy who took a big step last season. As I said, when I was speaking about Aaron Rodgers in that passing game, a guy that can catch it out of the backfield and make tons and tons of plays. I was kind of surprised to hear him go back and sign with the Packers, but he's going to be back there, and I think he's going to be another player that can make tons of plays for this Packers offense if Aaron Rodgers doesn't return. But even doesn't return, but even if he does, he's still going to be a guy that will help them a lot, especially in the red zone uh, for the Packers. Nick Chubb is going to be my number eight running back, a guy that has the talent to put up uh, 25-plus points at any given moment, any given week. But I just think with OBJ coming back, the pass game is going to be what they want to focus on, and the running game is just going to be more of a complimentary thing, and they're going to try and get them get these running backs a little bit more involved in the pass game. So I, I, I'm just not sure where I stand with the Browns and run game and pass game. I'm not sure what they're going to do, and that's why I'm putting Nick Chubb at eight. I don't know if they're going to want to run the ball. I don't know if they're going to want to pass the ball with OBJ back. That's my concern for the Browns uh, with fantasy football this year. So I'm going to stick Nick Chubb at eight. Number nine, Jonathan Taylor. You're going to need a guy that could help Carson Wentz in this offense. You have the great offensive line, and last year he was easily – and he showed us he was capable of putting up over 200 yards Excuse me, in a game. So Jonathan Taylor, my number nine, and number 10, Austin Ackler. As I said, he had Christian Darisaw, and you're hoping Austin Ackler does not get injured this year. He's a guy that's proven he could be an all-around back, running the ball and catching the ball. And Justin Herbert, hopefully, and looking forward to taking that next step this season, I think Austin Ackler should have a great and very important role in this Chargers offense. With that, wide receiver rankings. Almost there. Not really. We still got four more positions to go. Well, the later ones you won't. Right? Yeah. There's no, you won't have to. The next two. Them. These are the last two I'm really going to be going a little bit in depth about. But number one, Devontae Adams. I don't give a damn about who his quarterback is. He's my favorite receiver in the NFL. I think he is the best receiver in the NFL. He makes plays. And you see, no matter what the circumstances, he gets that ball. And he's probably going to score a touchdown on you. You get the ball in this guy's hands. And it's basically over one catch and his steam is lit. His fire is lit. And this guy's on fire for the rest of the game. I don't care who his quarterback is. He's going to be a guy that'll get you some touchdowns. He'll be a guy that can put up 150 yards in a game. He could do it all. And um, he's going to be a guy that could easily get you 15 to 20 points at least per game uh, in fantasy football. Number two, Stefan Diggs, a guy who took a huge step last season. And it was kind of funny. I was talking to one of my friends about it. I was looking last offseason. I was seeing the workout Stefan Diggs was doing. And I told my friend, I'm like, I would not be surprised at all if Stefan Diggs is the best wide receiver in the NFL this season. I'm not sure if I was right, but I do think I was pretty close. He was definitely that number one or two last season. So that's my biggest accomplishment of last NFL of the last NFL season trying to predict that uh, but Stefan Diggs a guy great route runner you got Josh Allen who has the, arguably the biggest arm in the NFL Stefan Diggs is just amazing he, he was easily putting up 20 points per game last season I guys can keep doing that this season hopefully Cole Beasley somehow the second team all pro doesn't take those catches away from him but Stefan Diggs still one of the best receivers in the league and I think he'll be number two in fantasy football this year Number three, Tyree Kill, a guy who I kind of wanted to put at number one or two, but I just stuck him at three because of how loaded that offense is. You have Travis Kelsey, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, uh, McCall Harmon, just too many guys to spread the ball around. He's capable of getting 30 points in a game. We've seen him do it last year, but it's just – He's capable of getting 50. <laughs> <laughs> I should have said that. But um, 
Tyree Kill, he's a guy that's probably going to get you at least 10 points per game. It's just going to be, do you want that 10, then 30 point game? Or do you want that guy that could get you 15, 20 and then get you a 30 point game? I think uh, just the boom or bust uh, of, from week to week is why I'm not sticking him at that number one or two spot. But I think that boom is so high for him that you got to keep him in that top three. And number four, DeAndre Hopkins, uh, who's widely been considered the best wide receiver in the NFL for the past few years. I'm sticking him at number four, Kyler Murray. You're hoping he could develop this offense, is hoping that they could establish more of a run game. I'm just thinking about number four because I think those three guys are a little bit better than him right now, and I think they'll get some more touches and make some more plays than DeAndre Hopkins will this season. DeAndre Hopkins, obviously, obviously a great receiver, uh, so I'm just going to stick him at number four behind my top three guys. Number five, Justin Jefferson. This is a guy he bursted onto the scene last year. It was kind of a surprise. I feel a lot of people thought after those first three wide receivers taking that draft, it was a pretty big drop off. Justin Jefferson was a guy. He came on out of nowhere and he shined for the Minnesota Vikings, taking over and filling in that Stefan Diggs role, a uh, guy that put up some great numbers last year. He's going to keep on doing it once again. I was watching his workouts yesterday. And I saw him on Instagram and this guy, he's flashy. He is twitchy. I don't know where he got it from, but I'm looking at these workouts. I'm like, Oh my God, my jaw dropped at how fast he can get in and out of breaks. And I think he's going to he's gonna have the potential to be a top five receiver, not only in fantasy, but I think um, in real life too, aside from fantasy, this guy's going to be that good this season. Number six, A.J. Brown. I kind of spoke about this with Derrick Henry. You lost Corey Davis, and you really only have two guys on that offense right now that are going to be able to produce. A.J. Brown, Derrick Henry. A.J. Brown played great last last year. I think he took that big step forward, uh, especially in that red zone and making plays after the catch. I think he's going to do that once again this year. If they load the box for Derrick Henry, play action it, give it to A.J. Brown. He'll make a play, and I, that's why I'm sticking him at six just because of uh, how talented him and Derrick Henry are and the lack of talent that's around them. They're going to be the two players that are going to have to carry this Titans team, this Titans offense uh, this upcoming season. Number seven, Allen Robinson. This is a guy where I think he has the potential to be so good. I think he'd be top five. It's just a matter of uh, when are you going to put Justin Fields in there for me? Justin Fields, you add him in there. He's a guy that has great, great accuracy. And I, I don't know if you guys saw that test. I don't know if you saw that, but apparently on one of those yeah. intelligence tests, he, he tested the highest and the smartest in NFL history, Justin Fields. So this guy, I'm excited to see what Allen Robinson, Allen Robinson and Justin Fields could do once uh, Fields does come and play for the bears. Uh, I'm just sticking him at number seven with Andy Dalton there starting or what they're saying uh, is going to be the starter. In QB one, QB one, QB one is your, is Andy Dalton right now. I'm sticking him at number seven, but once Justin Fields comes in, I think you have to come and trade for Allen Robinson. He is going to be a star. He's going to get your team so many points uh, once Justin Fields comes along. So make sure you somehow find a way to get this guy on your fantasy team. Number eight, DK met half. This offense, they got too many receivers. You got Tyler Lockett. You had Dwayne Eskridge. Just kind of like, who do you want to go to? DK Metcalf is a guy that could get three points or he could get 30 points. I'm going to keep saying those 30 points. I'm going to keep using those 30-point references. But he's just too inconsistent for me. He's either going to have that big game or he's going to have a really bad game where he gets basically locked up the entire game. So he's just too inconsistent for me to have him higher right now. He's a great player. It's just which guy do you want to go to in that offense? And with that Dwayne Eskridge addition, uh, it just makes it even harder for him to get some uh, – for him to get touches. Number nine, Keenan Allen. 
I love this guy. I love the Chargers, and I love Justin Herbert. With Justin Herbert hoping to take that next step, Keenan Allen has to play very, very good in this offense like he has in previous years. Um, I think the key and main area we kind of see these rookie quarterbacks um, evolve in uh, into their sophomore years is the yardage. A lot of these guys are having 3,500 yards, and that's like crazy for a rookie quarterback um, in the NFL. That second year, these guys could go up to 4,000, 4,500. We always see them take that next step in their sophomore year when it comes to passing yards. Keenan Allen, I think that's the one area last year where he wasn't able to uh, reach his full potential. He obviously scored a lot of touchdowns, but uh, with a rookie quarterback and Justin Herbert, uh, who's probably going to get a lot more yards this season, Keenan Allen's going to be a guy that's going to be getting a lot of those targets and a lot of those yards for him. Number 10, Calvin Ridley over Julio Jones. I'll put him there. Julio Jones is aging. Julio Jones is getting hurt. And you add uh, Kyle Pitts into this offense. It's just an offense. You don't really know where that ball is going to go. I think Calvin Ridley, because he's young, he's the future of this team alongside Kyle Pitts. Uh, I'm going to have him at number 10. He's going to have to develop, and he's going to have to show that he, he could be a, a true number one receiver once Julio Jones is gone, whether it's from a trade or whether it's from retirement. We're going to have to see. But Calvin Ridley is my number 10 receiver in fantasy this year. Tight end rankings. I don't know about you, but Travis Kelsey is easily my number one tight end. I don't really like this George Kittle-Travis Kelsey debate. Travis Kelsey has proven he That's over. I think that's over. Kelsey's yeah. projected to go like first round now. It's crazy. I know. I was. I literally was looking at some. Uh, like you do these mock fantasy drafts. Yeah. And have them ranked like eighth on ESPN. It's wild. The guy it's that got like end of the second round, and that was an absolute steal. Then the guy that's gonna be going eight, you're gonna have to pick him up around five. So you gotta get Travis Kelsey with all those stars and all that talent. On the, on the Chiefs team, this is a guy who he never has that down game like some of these other guys could. Tyreek Hill may have that down game where he has 10 points. Travis Kelsey, I feel like this guy's always getting at least 15 to 20 points per game, and then he'll have that game where he get like 25. This is a guy that's super consistent and will play at a super high level uh, and be a big part of this offense. No matter who you're playing, no matter who's on your offense, no matter – any circumstances, this guy's getting the ball and he's going to produce for your team. Number two, George Kittle. Uh, yeah, Trey Lance, he's probably not going to start right away from what we're hearing, but uh, excuse me. We have Jimmy Garoppolo, who is hoping uh, that uh, he will take a next step after that injury and hopefully he'll return to that full uh, level. But George Kittle, a guy that's kind of been getting it done in the flats and over the middle of the field as a guy who's open. Uh, we're going to have to see how he returns from that injury last year. But a guy who right now, I, I don't really think it's any question. He's that second best tight end in the NFL right now. And number three, Darren Waller. Las Vegas, a team that's also kind of been rumored of potential Aaron Rodgers talk. I mean, imagine how much Darren Waller's stock will rise if they somehow get Aaron Rodgers. Darren Waller at three right now, a guy who is a great, great pass catcher, a reliable target, really the only reliable target in that offense for the Raiders and for Derek Carr. He's going to be a guy that's going to get the ball at least five to six times per game so you're not gonna have to worry about him if it's a ppr league especially but uh, you add him to your team he's gonna get you 10 points a game uh easily and number four uh, i think this is where a lot of people may disagree with me especially in fantasy we all think he's gonna be a top four top five tight end right away but in fantasy i feel like they kind of disrespect these rookies they always have him down a little bit in that one burst on onto the scene in the rookie year and it's like wow I needed to get that guy on my team. They should just be 
Kyle Pitts. I mean, I, I honestly wouldn't be surprised if some people took him over Darren Waller. I may be that guy who may do that, but Kyle Pitts is a guy. He's going to be that generational tight end. There's no question about it. He has the potential to be the greatest tight end of all time, uh, if we're being honest about it. Kyle Pitts is just when is he going to start start showing those signs? And it's obviously a question with all rookies. You don't know if they're going to pan out or not. But Kyle Pitts is almost the surest thing to a perfect tight end prospect we've ever seen. So Kyle Pitts at number four for me. His stock is definitely going to be rising uh, once the season gets closer. Uh, number five, TJ Hawkinson. Really? Really? He's the only guy on <laughs> – on that Detroit offense. I was about to say the Rams because I was thinking about Jared Goff. But, yeah, Jared Goff. Who else does Jared Goff have besides DeAndre Swift and TJ Hawkinson? He has no one. I mean, you get him on Ross St. Brown, but he's not going to be a guy that's going to be an immediate number one receiver who can make plays right away. TJ Hawkinson is going to be a guy that's going to be getting the ball basically all game. And I wouldn't be surprised if he becomes a star tight end in this league and a star fantasy tight end that could carry your team to a championship. We're going to have to see. But TJ Hawkinson, my number five, you have to keep him in your number five. I don't think there's any which way about it. Uh, But number six, Mark Andrews, uh, the Ravens. They're obviously that running team. You add Rashad Bateman, who you're trying to help develop Lamar Jackson as a passer and develop that pass game for the Ravens. Um, But Mark Andrews, a guy that he had that one really good year two years ago last year. He kind of fell off a little bit, but he still produced. A guy that will get you some solid points, uh, a little bit inconsistent now, especially in that offense. You're adding Rashad Bateman, as I said. It's just who's going to be getting the ball? Are they going to run the ball? Are they going to pass the ball? That's the question here. Mark Andrews, number six. The talent is there. It's just is he going to be getting that ball? Number seven, Noah Fant. There's too many guys on this offense that are going to be able to get the ball. Yeah, Javante Williams, so the run game is going to be there. You're going to be having Cortland Sutton, who's back. You're going to have Jerry Judy, who's hoping to improve off of last season. It's just too many guys on this offense, and I'm kind of thinking of them like they're the Chiefs. They don't have those that high-level talent, but they have a lot of guys who are good, good talent, and you can really go any which way when you're choosing who who you want to put and who you want to focus on in that game plan. Noah Fant, a guy who's a reliable target, but who's going to be getting that ball? And that's the question for me with Noah Fant. Number eight, Dallas Goddard, a guy who the past few years has been overtaking Zach Ertz uh, for the Eagles. He had that one good year, uh, Zach Ertz. That was two years ago, three years ago. And Dallas Goddard, since then, he's proven he, uh, he is deserving of that starting role for the Eagles. He had Devonta Smith, a guy who I'm not high on. So I think Dallas Goddard is going to be going to have to be that guy who Jalen Hurts is going to have to rely on if he wants to develop and remain as the Eagles starting quarterback. Dallas Goddard is my number eight fantasy tight end for this year. Number nine, number 10, kind of interchangeable for me. Mike Jasicki, uh, you add Jalen Waddle in that um, in that Dolphins offense to try and help develop uh, to attack Iloa. Mike Jasicki is going to have to be a guy that's reliable. Uh, in that offense, but he's a guy that for me, he's going to get you eight, eight points. He's going to get you 15 points. It's nothing super spectacular out of him. It's just a guy that won't be super bad. Robert Tanyan, a guy that's kind of questionable for me, which is why I'm putting him at 10. He came on out of nowhere last year. He had the great season where he's putting up over 20 points in some games. He was having 11 points, 10 points consistently. Uh, But it was just kind of out of nowhere. And with Aaron Rodgers not being there, I don't think he's going to be a guy that, uh, with Aaron Rodgers potentially not being there. I don't know if he's going to be that guy for Jordan Love or whoever the quarterback that uh, that's going to be throwing the ball. I don't know if he's going to be that guy that they're going to rely on. I think you're going to want to rely on Devontae Adams much more than him. I think you're going to want to rely on Aaron Jones much more than him out of the backfield. Robert Tynion's a guy who, I th- who I'm a little bit iffy about, but if Aaron Rodgers returns this guy, I think he's going to be bound for another great year with the Packers. 
And now for the less talking sections of this defensive, and then we'll have kickers. Number one, the Rams. They don't. They don't really use their draft capital. Well, they don't use draft capital on their defense at all. They trade for the star players like they did with Jalen Ramsey and a bunch of other guys, and that's why they are arguably the best defense in the league right now. Number two, Washington football team. You're, there's no question that front seven. Cam Curl played great last year. The rookie. He's hoping to take a next and big leap into a sophomore season. Yeah, Jamin Davis, a guy who get his hands on the ball, and you're really just hoping that pressure could turn into turnovers. And I think the Washington football team is bound for that. They're one of the best defenses in the NFL, aside from just fantasy. So number two, football team. Number three is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I think they could even be a number one team. Really, these top three teams are interchangeable for me. Whatever you want to do with them, uh, you could do it. The Buccaneers, you have Devin White. You have Levante David. You have the great pass rush. You, you're able to just get so many turnovers with this defense. They're high-powered. They fly. And you don't even have to reuse all your pass rushes. You don't have to blitz, blitz in order to get to the quarterback. And I think that's why they're so special. They have a lot of guys who you got some guys in the back. You're rushing with four. Just more guys who can make plays and get the ball for you and turn that ball over the Buccaneers or a team that is going to be putting a lot, up a lot of points, uh, especially on defense. Number four, the Baltimore Ravens, a defense that's aging, but it's been pretty good. You have Marlon Humphrey. You have um, – who was I going to say? Marcus Peters, just guys that are able to get their hands on the ball. And the quarterback position is what is so special about this defense. They can get those turnovers. Safety, a little bit old. Uh, we're going to have to see what they do there because they still play at a high level. I'm not so sure. Up front, you lose Matt Judon. So we're going to have to see if their pressure can hold up. But their quarterback position is just too good, and they have so many stars at that position. So I think they're going to be able to make some plays on the ball and get some turnovers for the defense, number five, New England Patriots. He had so much use, add so much talent. Kyle Van Noy, Matt Judon, uh, the cornerback position. You still have J.C. Jackson. You have Stephon Gilmore, who is starting to fall off a little bit, but he's still a great cornerback. Nonetheless, Patriots, much improved team from last year, especially defensively. Uh, they're going to be my number five uh, defense right now. Number six, the 49ers. You have all the great studs on your D-line. You have all the great studs overall. You're losing um, – Richard Sherman, uh, so your cornerback position is going to be lacking a little bit, but the pass rush is just too good. You're going to be able to get your hands on the quarterback and force some fumbles with those ferocious guys up front with Nick Bosa, excuse me, Solomon Thomas, and some of these other guys. Uh, number seven, the Indianapolis Colts, you got Darius Leonard, just a bunch of guys who are high flyers who can make plays, a defense that I kind of feel it's underrated. A lot of people don't know who's on that defense, but they keep performing year after year for like the past two to three years. And that offense is going to take the next step. I think the Colts are going to be in a good position defensively and offensively this upcoming season. The Bills, offensively, they're great. Defensively, they're great. You added uh, Gregory Rousseau. You added uh, who they had with their second round pick. They had another pass rusher with their second-round pick, so you're really improving that pass rush when you got Trey White on the back end. You have Jordan Poyer, guys at the safety and cornerback position who get their hands on the ball, and that's why this defense is going to be super good. The Pittsburgh Steelers, you're losing some guys. You lost Bud Dupree. You're still going to have TJ Watt, Joey Hayden, but some of those guys on the back end of that defense uh, are starting to age. You have Mika Fitzpatrick, who's obviously one of the best uh, guys to get turnovers in this league right now, uh, but some of those players are aging. I think that's where the concern is for the Pittsburgh Steelers defense. Uh, number 10, the Chargers, uh, a little bit of a sleeper team defensively for me, or really just overall for me. And have Derwin James back, and I think that's what's going to be the biggest key if he stays healthy, a guy that gets his hands on the ball. We haven't seen him play a full season yet. 
He's super good from the few, few games that we've seen from him. Yeah, Adam, and I think he's going to elevate not just himself, but that entire defense as a whole. You're going to have Joey Bosa, just guys that can make plays for your team. And lastly, the kickers, I'm not even going to say anything about them. You just see them. I'll read them off. But number one, Harrison Bucker. Number two, Justin Tucker. Number three, Young Way. Koo, our boy, the amazing Atlanta Falcons kicker. Will Lutz at four. Greg's are on five, Rodrigo, Blankenship, Stud at six, Robbie Gold, seven, Jason Sanders, eight, nine, Matt Gay, ten, Tyler Bass. And wow, that will do it for me. A lot of talking. A lot of talking. Holy crap. Uh, Holy crap. <laughs> <laughs> it's your turn. Right. Well, with that, I'll go with my 2021 NFL fantasy rankings. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll jump right in. Jump in. Can I move the screen? No, apparently not. There we go. We're, we're, we're going. All right, quarterback, um, number one, I got Patrick Mahomes, just like you said. This guy's going to be the best guy up there for years to come. He's, a, you know, an unreal talent with the yeah. best offense in the NFL at this point, uh, safe to say. So not much more to say. Josh Allen, number two, again, he had a great season last year. He can do it in the air and on the ground, which is why it's so huge. He's basically his team's running attack, so that makes him versatile there. And then the passing, he's passing to Stephon Diggs. Uh, they add Emmanuel Sanders. They obviously still have Cole Beasley, the second teamer, all pro, I believe was last year. <laughs> so Josh Allen should be great. Um, I know you said you had Justin Herbert high. I have Justin Herbert even higher at number yep. three. I'm glad. Um, I'm really high. I'm really high on Justin Herbert. Um, I love the weapons they have there. They have Mike Williams, Keenan Allen, a bunch of other guys we saw late in the year, like the Jalen Gouton, if he's still, you know, doing his thing there. They've got a bunch of those kind of guys there. They have good depth. KJ Hill from Ohio State is on that roster as well. I like him. And in the passing game, they've got backs like Austin Eckler that get the job done. So Herbert overall, I know we won't have a safety blanket Hunter Henry anymore. But like mm-hmm. you said, they drafted that kid from Georgia in the third or fourth round. So um, I don't think it'll affect him too much. And I think Rashawn Slater will be a huge addition, as well as Corey Lindsley to the O-line. Number four, Dak Prescott, like you said, before the injury, was one of the best fantasy quarterbacks in the league, and I expect him to pick up right where he left off with weapons like Amari Cooper, uh, CeeDee Lamb. The only thing really that's going to be in his way is that potential offensive line. Will it be a problem? Will it not be a problem? We'll have to see, but Dak Prescott, pretty high on him, so I'll give him the number four spot. Number five, Kyler Murray, a guy who – you know, has had those moments where he's looked like the best quarterback in fantasy. But for me, the consistency has just not been there. I know he was banged up towards the end of last year, but his production just seemed to fall off at a certain point and you really couldn't trust him. He was great for that first half of that second half of the year, really wasn't that same kind of quarterback. So for me, it's not one of those top guys where I saw was super consistent all the time. For me, he's that number five guy. Um, And, you know, obviously great on the ground and the passing weapons. He's got great guys there, DeAndre Hopkins and, uh, and uh, Christian Kirk um, as well as Chase Edmonds in the passing game. We'll see what they incorporate with him there. Um, They just signed James Conner as well. So we'll see what happens with that. Number six, Aaron Rodgers. Like we said, uh, Green Bay, uncertain situation of where he'll be. But regardless, he will produce and perform. Aaron Rodgers at six. I don't think he'll replicate that MVP season. That was kind of a historic year for him and one that is almost impossible to replicate. We've seen that with Patrick Mahomes in his MVP year. It's just hard to replicate those kind of years. You can be elite, but you can't be that superstar level of unconsciousness every week. Um, it's just not possible. So for me, Aaron Rodgers, below those guys, I like other guys. I think there's more upside in that top five than Rodgers. Number seven, 
Lamar Jackson a little lower than most people have him. Um, this might just be personal hatred after last year's experience of me <laughs> drafting him super high up and him failing. But for me with Lamar, um, it's just the passing attack. You're, you're really relying on points on the ground. And, and you know, this team has good running backs. They've got J.K. Dommins. They've got Gus Bus. I believe Gus Bus is still there. He might not be. I might be wrong. But for me, this passing game, while it's going to be improved with guys like Sammy Watkins, Rashad Bateman and whatnot, I'm just not buying it. And I think you need to have someone who can throw the football um, and be able to run it if you're going to be one of those top guys. For me, Lamar Jackson, I'm just not having faith that this guy can really produce those passing stats. I think teams have kind of started to figure out the Baltimore scheme. We saw that last year. They really weren't as successful as the year prior um, with Lamar Jackson and whatnot. So like I said, with Aaron Rodgers, it's tough to replicate that MVP season. We saw that with Lamar Jackson last year. Number eight, Russell Wilson, a guy who I think is always a top 10 guy, but you know, he always seems to go through stretches like, like Kyler Murray, where he's been at the top, but then just inconsistency hits and, and the lack of talent on the O-line and, and some of the weapons even just start falling and, and, and he struggles. So not a top, top guy, but a good quarterback. Number nine, Matt Ryan, a guy who I bring in my top 10. I like Matt Ryan. He always puts up points in terms of fantasy. And this year, I really like him. He's got so many weapons on that offense. They bring in Mike Davis, who we saw can play a role in the passing game. He has Julio, Calvin Ridley, Hayden Hurst, and Kyle Pitts, of course, first-round selection. O-line's not bad there as well. So Matt Ryan's just an overall guy. I think I like him more than some of these other guys. And 10, Tom Brady, um, you know, you got to put him in there. He's got the weapons to be great. The question is, what level of fantasy production will you get from Tom? They obviously are going to be running the ball a good bit with Leonard Fournette and Ronald Jones. They signed um, Gio Bernard as well. So this team was aggressive in uh, in their run attack with a great O-line. So in terms of the red zone, I mean, will they give uh, those touches to Tom and whatnot? It's hard to say. And one guy I just want to touch on why he's not on the list, Deshaun Watson, just because the uncertainty of what's going to happen with him I do not have him in my top 10. I don't know if he'll be playing for the Texans this year or what the legal situation is. So I just think it's best to stay away from him and not really consider him at this point as his situation really just uncertain. Um, but if he's playing, if healthy, he's a top five guy. Next one, running back. Use the same picture as me, uh, the Derrick Henry on Josh Norman, arm <laughs> stiff. Um, but yeah, I agree with you. Derrick Henry for me is the number one back this year. Um, He's just been so good these past few years. I know he's not great in the passing game and PPR. You want somebody who's great in the passing game, but this guy just gets touchdowns. He's going to put up near 20 touchdowns in a season every year, like 15, 16 range. And he'll also just get you yards and yards and yards. So he's a 15, 16, 17 plus guy a week with major upside when he has his 200 yard rushing game and like four touchdowns. So that's going to be a big week. You want this guy on your team. And I got to put him at number one. Number two, Christian McCaffrey. This guy, injury plague season the year prior was the best, you know, one of the best fantasy seasons of all time. This guy was crazy, and uh, I expect him to regain some of that form. We'll see Sam Darnold and how he plays with him. Obviously, McCaffrey was fairly good um, with Cam Newton and, and whoever they threw Kyle Allen in there. So I don't think the quarterback matters too much. This offense should still run through him. He's the best player, and if he can stay on the field, he will produce no doubt about it, and no Mike Davis there. Mike Davis, um, you know, that could have been a concern. Will he still touches away? He had a good year. Will they be cautious? I think they'll be cautious, but I do think Christian will be ready to go and be one of those top backs. Number three, Saquon Barkley, this guy having a huge bounce back year. I know you said they're going to be cautious, but to me, 
I think they're going to be aggressive in terms of using Saquon. He's great out of the passing game. He's an aggressive runner. This offensive line, it's not bad. It's not good. It's kind of in the middle. So um, he'll be fine in terms of that. But this team, Daniel Jones, needs his safety blanket in Saquon Barkley. And then we're going to see that this offense is going to be explosive in terms of the passing game. But Daniel Jones is not the best passer. So if things start to go wrong, Saquon Barkley, the guy you can rely on, he was great as rookie year. I think we'll see more of the same from him this year. Number four, Dalvin Cook, a guy you had at number two. He's great, great runner, has, you know, improved in the passing game. He's a guy who Kirk Cousins is starting to go to. Um, they do have Alexander Madison, who they like there. I believe he's still on the team. Um, but Dalvin Cook, really the best player on that offense. The O-line improved with Christian Darasaw, so we should be seeing him have success. I just preferably like those three other guys better. But the running back top at the, at the top of the running backs is, is really strong. Number five, Alvin Kamara. Um, I mean, this guy is, is so, so good. Um, so, so good, as I, I just said there. Um, Alvin Kamara, um, he's great. Um, like you said, the 15 touches, will he get his running in there? Obviously, you know, the passing is going to be there. He'll get his scores. But this guy, he'll produce. For me, I just like the other guys better. I think they get higher volume in terms of really there's no other guys on those teams that are going to be really splitting or, or getting touches. We saw Latavius Murray get a fair amount of touches. They do some weird things with Taysom Hill. So for Kamara, I just think there's better options um, than him on the board personally. Number six, Aaron Jones. I'm high on Aaron Jones. They don't have Devon. Or Jesus, what is what is the guy's name? I was going to say Javante Williams, but that's not his name. Um, oh, my God. Um, oh, my God. The backup running back from last year, Williams. Oh, wait, see that again? The backup running back for Green Bay, last name Williams last year. Yeah, it was uh, – What's his name? Jamal name. Williams. Jamal Williams, there it is. Okay. Jamal Williams, he's no longer there. I believe he's in Detroit now. Um, so, I think Aaron Jones is going to shine. They do have A.J. Dillon, but Aaron Jones should have a good year. He was a little banged up last year, but he can do it out of the passing game. He'll be a great runner. They obviously do lose Corey Lindsley. So, the O-line, it just seems like Green Bay is kind of starting to fall apart slowly but surely. But Aaron Jones, I expect a lot of success out of him. Number seven, Cam Akers, a guy who I'm really high on. This team, you know, not a terrible O-line in uh, Los Angeles. It's, it's kind of mediocre. Um, but Cam Akers, we saw them use Cam Akers a lot last year. This team was very successful with Cam Akers. He was one of their best players. We saw him in that game against Seattle. He had a great game in the playoff game. So for him, um, I think it's important, and I think he'll get a lot of these touches. He's emerged as the best back. I know they brought in Matthew Stafford. The passing game will probably be more important, but I do expect Cam Akers to have a successful season. Number eight, Austin Eckler. I'm high on him. He's a great PPR option. There are uh, They do have some good backup depth there. Um, I don't know who's still on the team, but last year they had Balazs, Justin Jackson, um, the other guy um, who was really good at the beginning. I forget his name, but he split with them almost in the beginning. Um, but Austin Eckler should be good. It's just the rushing himself. It's, you know, a bit of problematic. Number nine, Jonathan Taylor. This guy emerged on the scene last year. Like you said, he was great. Um, Naheem Hines uh, will compete with some receiving touches, but we saw towards the end, Jonathan Taylor really start to command control, had some fumble issues, but he'll be fine. And number 10, DeAndre Swift, a guy who you didn't have either on your list, a guy who on that, you know, Detroit offense, really the main guy. And that offensive line is one of the best in the league. I could see DeAndre Swift being one of the best fantasy running backs in football this year. They have a great O-line. They're going to need to rely on him a lot. on Johnson just got waived. He's in Philadelphia now. So DeAndre Swift, a guy who I expect to perform very well. And you'll notice a big name missing on the list. I'm sure you noticed it. Ezekiel Elliott. I do not have him in the top 10 this year. 
Um, just I'll just prove you wrong. It's not. <laughs> <laughs> I hope he proves me wrong. He's he's the number eleven back for me right now. But um, with Zeke, I just think in terms of you know he was great with Dak last year, no doubt. But they do have Tony Pollard there, who they do like to use a lot, and I just feel like. The old line, I just can't trust Zeke in terms of running the football. I feel like the volume in terms of – it's going to depend on his passing share and how much he gets there. But another year, another year of age, we'll see if Zeke slows down. Um, but I'm just not confident in his running abilities after last season again. I, I'm, I know they stacked the box and whatnot, and they're not going to be able to do that this year. But for me, Zeke, it might be a bit of a bold take, but I just like some of these other guys better. Running next to stack position, I think you can flip-flop all these guys either way. You could argue Zeke's a top three, I think, even – it's just hard with these guys. Um, you know, there's a lot of talent at the running back position for sure. So Ezekiel Elliott just missed the top 10 in my eyes, but he's right up there for sure. And let's move on. Wide receiver. Um, pretty similar list to you. Um, actually, no, it's not. It's pretty different. Devonta Adams, number one. Um, same, similar player, similar player. Devonta Adams. Different rankings. Yeah, Devonta Adams, number one. I agree with you. Aaron Rodgers, if he's there, he'll be number one. If he's not, he'll still be up there. Um, just such a talent, really the best player on that offense. Him and Aaron Jones command all the, all the love there. So nothing more to say on him. Tyree Kill is my number two. I was thinking about it. I was thinking about putting him lower, but I decided to put him at two and stick with it. I like Tyree Kill a lot. I think him and Kelsey really are the main two guys there. Um, I mean, you look at no more Sammy Watkins. They do have Demarcus Robinson and McCole Hardman. But to me, I just think Tyree Kill is going to still get a fair share. And there's really no corners that can stop him. And he's just proved that. Obviously, we saw the Bucs run a good scheme against them in the Super Bowl. But this guy's still so dynamic. He'll put up 100 yards a game. And, and he's great. DeAndre Hopkins, number three. We saw him really at the beginning of the year have a great year. But he was a little inconsistent. I expect that to improve this year. I think Kyler Murray's going to work on finding him more, being more consistent in terms of finding DeAndre Hopkins. So I expect a big year out of him, Hop. And uh, Kyler, number four, DK Metcalf, a guy who you were a little lower on. I know he has been inconsistent, but I expect him to improve. I like him a lot. He's got big play potential and scores a lot of touchdowns. Russell Wilson loves this guy. I don't expect the drafting of whoever they drafted with one of their three picks to really change how much DK sees the ball. I don't think that will affect him too much. So DK at number four, Diggs at number five. Diggs is great, one of the best receivers in the league. But to me, I just think he's going to have a bit of a drop-off. Like I've said with these guys, they tend to have these career years like Michael Thomas did, and then they just can't reproduce it. So with Diggs, I'm just a little wary. I'm not sure if he'll be able to reproduce that level of production once again. But I do have him number five. But, you know, there are other weapons at wide receiver there. So I don't know if I'll have that crazy year. Allen Robinson, number six, guy who I'm really high on. I was going to have him in the top five. Um, but, I, you know, it's a, it's, a, it's a good list. But Allen Robinson, really high on him. I think this guy's such talent, one of the most underrated receivers. Was sad to see him get tagged by Chicago and, and now has to stay there again. Was really hoping to see him go to a team like my Jets or, or you know, another team like that that could use him and really, you know, make him, uh, you know, the true one that he is. But um, Allen Robinson, great talent. Keenan Allen, another guy who I'm really high on at number seven. Um, I think this guy's so good. I think Herbert loves him. He gets a lot of catches. You're going to see him get them. Uh, the catches, they might not be for the most yards. And touchdowns, he didn't have, you know, the most touchdowns per se for a wide receiver last year. That might be wrong. I don't even know. But that's what I remember at least. Um, so Keenan on number seven. Justin Jefferson, number eight. He's great. Uh, big play potential. Um, just like the other guys above him a little better. Um, and we'll see, you know, can he maintain that consistency? Will he have a sophomore summer? Will he be continuing to improve and whatnot? He's emerged as a superstar, though. 
Number nine, Michael Thomas. I don't believe you had him on your list, actually, if I'm recalling. I did. Um, yeah, Michael Thomas. I think I'll have a bounce back here um, with Jameis Winston or Taysom Hill, whoever's there. They got to use this guy. He's a talent, no doubt, no doubt about it. He led the league in receptions a year back and struggled with injuries, obviously, the past year. So we'll see if we can bounce back. And number 10, Julio Jones. You had Ridley at number 10. I'm going Julio. I like Julio. I still think he's one wow. of the better receivers in the league. Um, I think it's just health. But I think he'll be healthy. I think he'll be ready to go. I'm excited to see what happens with Julio. And, uh, yeah, I'm going to put him there. Calvin Ridley and uh, some other names are, are close off the list. A.J. Brown, another guy I left off this list. I don't know. I'm just not high on A.J. Brown personally. Um, I don't know what it is about him, but um, I think he's right there. But to me, I like these guys. I think wide receiver, is a, it's a competitive position. And for me, I think these other guys on this list are, are better personally. So we'll see what happens. I think they just abused Derrick Henry. So. Could be wrong. <laughs> um, oh, that's not right. Tight end. Um, number one, self-explanatory. Travis Kelsey, not even going to go into it. And yeah. number two, George Kittle. Um, I mean, these are set in stone. Everyone knows the deal with these guys. Darren Waller, number three. Even everyone knows the deal with this guy. The reason I don't have him above Kittle is just he's a little more inconsistent. Um, he will have those games where he has like four or five points, but then he puts up games where he has like 30 points. So he's a really good talent. Um, one of the best tight ends in the league, no doubt guy who I'm really high on. I think if you don't go for Kelsey, I think Waller where he'll fall is your next best option. I'm not so sure if Kittle where he's going to fall is per se the best move you can make. I'm more of a budget beast with Darren Waller. That's, that's a guy I really like open to grab this year. Number four, TJ Hawkinson, put him over Kyle Pitts. For a few reasons. One, I think the volume is going to be there for Hawkinson. He had a great year last year. Two, he's got a great red zone um, target. And there's also not really another tight end in the room um, with there. So I think the production and number five, Kyle Pitts. Um, there's the phone ringing. I don't know if you can hear that. But Kyle Pitts, I have him high. This kid's going to get the – he's going to get the ball. He's going to be a star. But um, they do have Aiden Hurst. They do have Calvin Ridley. They do have Julio Jones. So there is going to be uh, some issue of how much he'll get the ball there. We'll probably see early on what their plan is with him, how much Matt Ryan has a connection with him and whatnot, but the talent there is there. No denying it. Him and Calvin really should command a fair share of those receptions. Number six, Mark Andrews. Reason he's not higher up, inconsistency. This guy has struggled to be consistent these past few years. He's a guy who has shown at times to be one of the better guys, but struggled last year at times. He had a lot of drops in games and, and really was not that high. So number six for me, for him, Logan Thomas, number seven, a guy who burst on the scene last year. I think this guy's so good in my eyes. Um, one of the better weapons on that Washington offense who now has Curtis Samuel and Terry McLaurin. I mean, those guys are, are elite. And Logan Thomas, a very underrated piece there, but he'll see his fair share of catches from Ryan Fitzpatrick or whatnot. Mike Kosicki, a guy who I'm really high on. Tua seems to have a great connection with him. We saw this guy go off late in the year, had patches where he really struggled, didn't see the ball, but once him and two established that connection, he really started to flourish. So expect more of the same there. Number nine, Hunter Henry, New England. Um, I know it's tough to predict which one of him and Johnny Smith will be better. You might want to stay away from these guys, but these guys are so talented. And to me, him and Johnny Smith will lead the reception group there in terms of wide receivers and in tight ends. I think these are guys that are the most talented. And Hunter Henry, we saw what Cam Newton did in Carolina with Greg Olson. I've brought it up many times, but I stand by that. I think Hunter Henry will be getting a lot of touches. And Noah, number 10, Noah Fant, a guy who um, he's good. He's shown he's got the talent. Drew Locke likes him a lot. Whoever's starting there, we'll see. But um, they do have a lot of weapons there. So a little lower down for me. Um, and they also brought in some some rookies last year. I believe they had a rookie tight end who uh, saw the field a bit too at tight end. So 
Health, also another question at times for Noah Fant. I'm getting tired and I'm ready to wrap this up in a minute, so I'm just going to breeze through these next two. Defense, number one, Tampa Bay. I think they're the best defense in the league. Um, they brought everyone back, and they went and drafted some pieces in the draft, so we'll see what happens there. I like them a lot. Number two, the Rams, another great defense. Like you said, one of the best in the league. Great secondary. The defense, obviously, led by Aaron Donald, Jalen Ramsey. Linebacking core is the spot where they could use some work, um, but in terms of getting interceptions, touchdowns, sacks, you know I'll be there. Sam Fran, I'm at number three. This defense will put points on the board. They got one of the best linebackers in the league in Fred Warner, D-line, Nick Bosa there. It's not that Super Bowl defense. That defense was a lot more stacked, but this defense should still be good. Number four, New England. They added a lot. Like you said, Matt Judon, Kaveh uh, Noy is back. They still have those great uh, corners in the secondary. They just lost one of the McCourty brothers to Miami the other day, um, a team that you know is just missed this list for me. So uh, New England should be still elite with the defense. Number five, Washington, a team that you're very high on. I'm very high on as well. Great front seven. Cornerbacks are, and uh, the secondary are there. Linebacking core, bit of a question mark. They've got some good guys. Cole Holcomb, specifically a rookie that comes to mind there for Washington. And they just drafted Jamin Davis. So we'll see what he has for Washington in store. Oh number six, the God, Cleveland. I, I, I just looked at this and I saw that. I can't believe I forgot that. I can't believe the I The Cleveland Browns? I can't believe it. Yeah. yeah. Just pretend on my list or top five. Just pretend it. Top five. Cleveland Browns for me, and number six. Um, very good defense. They improved a lot. Their secondary is a lot better. It's going to be more consistent this year. You're going to have great safety play from John Johnson, Ronnie Harrison, those guys. Grant Delpit you get. And the cornerback position, you're not going to have it last year where there's bums playing. You got depth now with Freddie Williams, Greg Newsom, Denzel Ward, the warden, obviously Troy Hill. That's four great guys there. The odds that many of those guys go down pretty low. Maybe I'll be mistaken, but I like their defense. Obviously, the D-line speaks for itself. The linebacking core improved uh, also with Anthony Walker and JOK. Number seven, the Ravens. A defense for me that's just starting to age a bit and uh, not really is improving upon. You got Calais Campbell, Marcus Peters. These are guys that, to me, are starting to age, get up there, not perform the same way as their names may suggest. Linebacking core, Patrick Queen didn't really pan out last year, but this defense is still good. They've got guys like Marlon Humphrey who are, Undoubt, undeniably uh, superstars in the league right now. Brennan Williams, another guy on that D-line who I believe was very good for them last year. Um, the D-tackle or D-edge, wherever he plays. Number eight, Pittsburgh, a team that I'm not as high on as a whole. Pittsburgh, for me, um, we'll see what happens with them. But they're losing guys on their defense. You lose um, Bud Dupree. You lose, um, I guess that's it. But you still got Devin Bush. He'll come back from his injury. Cam Hayward's great. TJ Watt's great. Mingham Fitzpatrick's great. But the cornerback core getting old and the you know interior d-line they've got stefan tweet or whatever that guy's name is stefan to it um i think he's getting up there in the age as well so pittsburgh just aging another again buffalo i have low down for some reason number nine um i don't know this team gave a lot of points last year at times seemed like the defense was kind of a mess you do have trey white mike high jordan poyer those guys are great in the secondary line making court edmonds but the d-line you know ed oliver hasn't looked as you know, at like a top 10 pick, I guess I, I should say. They do draft Gregory Rousseau, so we'll see if he can improve uh, the help there. But Buffalo, number nine. Indianapolis, number 10, a team that a lot of people underrate, like you say. Uh, myself might, might be included here, putting them number 10. They arguably should be very higher. They have very higher, Jesus, much higher. Um, they do have DeForest Buckner, Darius Leonard. Those two are the superstars of that defense. They draft Quiddy Pay, who will be great for them. And they got some good uh, good corners, Kenny Moore, Rock Yassin. Um, good safeties as well. Julian Blackman burst on the scene. 
Um, I believe Malik Hooker still might be on that team. He's been banged up over the years, though. And uh, last but not least, the kickers had to include this picture of Rodrigo with Cuevo. I think it's one of the best pictures out there these days. And, uh, yeah, Bucker, Tucker, Sanders. I'll put Rodrigo at four. I see you just saw the picture now. <laughs> um, yeah. Will <laughs> Watts, Youngway Koo, Daniel Carlson, Ramino, Ryan Sarkis, Cody Parker, the Cleveland Browns. And, uh, yeah, Rodrigo and Cuevo. It, that picture's cold right there. I, I, I love that. <laughs> That's the coldest picture I think I've ever seen from an NFL. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. All right, a long episode, especially with those fantasy uh, takes, but we covered some MLB, we covered some NFL, and hopefully we can start covering some other sports too. I know Griffin, he's talked a little bit about UFC and those kind of things, and that's kind of something. I know, I got to get you in on UFC. UFC fight night tonight, the card not very good. That's something uh, I want to start getting into. I got to watch some on ESPN a couple weeks ago or months ago, whatever. I don't remember exactly when it was, but it was something that I loved. So hopefully I can start getting into that because that's something. I'll I'm- get you. I'm going to get him in on it and we're going to start talking UFC. That's definitely um, something I'd like. Next pay-per-view, I believe, is in a week or so. Michael Chandler will be fighting Charles Oliveira for that interim lightweight title. Um, so maybe, maybe we'll discuss that a little bit next week or so. Let's do it. I'm down for that. And everyone – Thank you all, as always, for watching this week's episode of Outside the Arena with Mac and Griff. Make sure to like, comment, and subscribe, not only on this channel, but on our other channel, outside or OTA Clips, excuse me. It's been a while since we posted on that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's been who knows how long. It's been since March Madness. I think that was the last time we posted, but make sure to go subscribe because we're going to be doing some shorter breaking news type clips over there. That's what we're going to have guests on. And speaking of guests, if you guys want to come on, feel free to reach out to us. And the best place would, to do that would be on our Instagrams. Our Instagrams are mac.rommel. Griffin's Instagram is? Uh, Griffin Senek. And our podcast Instagram is outside the arena podcast. So as I said, feel free to go reach out to us there. Contact us there if you want to come on and do something on OTA Clips. We would love that. But as always, stay safe, stay well, and we will see you all next week.